Welcome back everyone to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in Xamarin development. I'm your host this week, James Montemagno, and with me is a super, 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 super special guest and personal BFF of mine, the one, Art. the only, John Dick. How's it going, buddy? It's going great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, it's a it's a lovely, beautiful week here in Seattle, Washington. We're getting ready for build next week. It's going to be crazy. Um, the sun came out for the first time for multiple days in a row. We've got so, your weather here right now, I think. It's you? kind of overcast and dreary and, and windy and rainy and cool. Well, I'm glad that you took it. Thanks, Canada. You're welcome. Hey, sorry. <laughs> so if people don't know, uh, John Dick uh, lives up in the Canadian land, up in Canada, um, okay. a lovely country. Uh, I've driven through many a times, at least up to Vancouver and Whistler. In Victoria, uh, mostly the Pacific Northwest, if you will. Uh, the, I guess that the would nice be the, part. Is that would that then be the Pacific Southwest? I, I maybe like the um, opposite side of that. The would it, would we call ourselves the Atlantic East or something like that, or the Atlantic <laughs> West? Maybe I, I, we we refer to it where I'm as kind of the armpit of Cam Canada. Actually, oh no, yeah. Womp womp. But, um, you know, we're, uh, my, my interesting geography, uh, kind of parlor trick that I like to pull out is that if you look on a map, I'm actually farther South than a good chunk of the U S I live farther South than a good chunk of the United States. Oh yeah. Cause you're like way down. You're kind of like by the Michigan, yeah, Michigan area. Yeah. Yeah. So we used to live really close cause I used to live in Ohio. We could, I just could have crossed yeah. Lake Erie and then boom. Yeah. Take a boat over. Yeah, nice quick trip. <laughs> Great. Um, so cool. So if people don't know who you are, John, um, you know, you, you are a famed glory, um, uh, component, uh, binder extraordinaire library creator of libraries that we all want to use in our apps. Um, that's how I know you, <laughs> um, um, adorable snuggler, um, um, best, best bud at Google IO. Um, these are all things that I use to describe you <laughs> to, the community but maybe you can describe yourself a little bit <laughs> i don't know that's that's pretty great and that's better than i got i think um yeah i don't know i've been i've been working on xamarin stuff for forever now it feels like um you know part of the team here so get to work with james every once in a while which is kind of nice i like the guy actually we'll be seeing each other pretty soon at the next io and that's yeah, like what uh our third or fourth google io together i think yeah maybe third i think i think it's my third going so yeah it must be the first one was in San Francisco. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Glorious. The second yes, one nice. Mountain View. And uh I I came second day. So you guys all got burnt up to a crisp <laughs> the first day during the keynotes because they put they put the entire conference outside in this amphitheater of sorts. It's like it was like a fairground. That's how I like to describe it. And uh terrible idea. And then they decided <laughs> to do it again this year. Yeah, yeah, it worked so well last year that, you know, everyone's coming back. Yeah, everyone's like sitting and eating on the grass and there's nowhere to sit and eat lunch and the lunch isn't good. But you're in the, literally in the middle of nowhere. So I think we were staying at a extended stay. Oh, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, you know, pretty great accommodations, I think. Um, so I, I cannot <laughs> wait. I can't. I'm very, I'm very excited about it. It's, it's going to be coming so fast because this next week is Bill. The week after that, I'm at, at VS Live in Austin. Then I fly directly to Googleio, as I like to call it. And I'll actually be at the keynote this year. I fly and I land at like 7 a.m. and the keynote starts at like 9 or something like that. So I'm excited just to be there for the whole three days and see what Google 
uh, shows us. I so don't know. You, you have no chance of shade at the keynote then if you're arriving uh, the morning yet. Oh, no, no. I'm going to bring a, an yeah, umbrella. Like, yeah, pretty much just go swimming in some sunscreen beforehand. Yeah, SPF 100, just like yeah. pour it on me. So um, now I wanted to have you on, John, this week because you, um, how can I describe you in this fashion? You essentially, to me, are the the owner, maintainer, the Google Play service support library magician behind the scenes that make all that magical binding happen. I know some of it's probably automated, but I feel like the massaging, as I call it, we always massage the APIs and enhance the APIs. (laughs) You are the man behind the scenes. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. I mean, I, I work on the components team and, you know, we have a lot of great people on the team. We're we're actually a pretty small team for the, the number of libraries and stuff that we keep up in terms of bindings and some original stuff too, you know, like signature pad is still getting some love lately by someone on our team and ski sharp and a bunch of stuff. So, uh, we, we kind of split off, you know, duties or, or different, um, parts of, of what our team does, uh, into different people. And I kind of ended up with, uh, Android support libraries and Google play services. So lucky those, you. yeah, they're, they're kind of my babies and it's, it's really, evolved into almost a full-time job, keeping them up to date. And I mean, if you're following along and you know, kind of the releases that Google puts out, um, we're, you know, we're, we try and, I guess I try and get stuff updated as quickly as I can. Um, but you know, we're, sometimes we, we, uh, are a little bit, you know, not same day and, and maybe not stable releases as soon as, as I'd like to, but we're, we're working on that process and it's something that, um, I think is going to keep getting better and better. Yeah. So when, so, so yeah, Google, if it's kind of hard to even sometimes find this information, right? So the Google has multiple websites for there's, there's clearly the support libraries and then Google play services. And a, a lot is changing in them all the time. In fact, probably by the time this podcast comes out and Google IO happens, there'll be new support libraries and new things and they're revving all the time. But I think what I wanted to kind of break down this episode is to have you on, like describe what they are, what the version numbers mean, what what is the correlation to Xamarin Forms? Because a lot of our developers are using Xamarin Forms, you know, um, and yeah, kind of explain the process. Like, is it is it super crazy important to have those libraries day one or, or you know, is it okay? You know, yeah. I, I know in the world of Android, right, it's like, the SDK slowly, slowly, slowly moves and our users are slowly, slowly moving. So to me as an Android developer, personally, these are the only libraries that I actually get to take advantage of that technically, I guess everybody has, but maybe not Google Play services. That's what confuses me sometimes. Yeah. I mean, so like we can break them apart into two categories, generally one being Android support libraries and the other Google Play services. And, and let's, you know, let's talk about Google Play services a little bit later and let's, let's kind of sort out what Android support libraries are first. So You know, Android's kind of notorious for having this problem of fragmentation uh, from different versions of Android, especially, uh, and and that's kind of relevant to to what we're talking about today. And so Google designed these support libraries, in case you you aren't familiar with the history of them, uh, to basically allow developers to use newer features, like newer UI elements, um, newer, you know, different features that might be available on some versions of Android and not others, but to use them in a a sort of safe uh, API way. And in some cases, you actually get access to new features on older platforms that you otherwise probably wouldn't have with these libraries. Uh, and so they end up being this this sort of base set of, of libraries and stuff that you you pretty much can't build an app without anymore. Um, 
pretty much any new app you're going to create is going to use the app compat activity. And that's part of the Android support libraries. And, you know, other library authors who depend on different parts of, of this support library or different parts of Android end up using these support libraries too. And so like you get this kind of chain effect where, you know, I talked to someone not too long ago that said, you know, I want to try and make an Android app that doesn't use support libraries just because I, I kind of feel like doing it just for mm-hmm. no, no real great reason. I've thought about it too, because to me, it's like, oh, why do I, let's say I only want to target. I mean, I remember for me, I went through the process of the biggest part of support libraries was the action bar that first came back, back, back compat. Because I had written with Thomas, one of our MVPs, the cheese baron himself, a legacy bar, which was a replacement to bring this stuff all the way back. And then Mm -hmm. the support library came back and I put it into the application. Then at some point I said, well, you know, the support libraries aren't doing so much today, so I'm going to rip it back out and only target newer devices that have action bar and simplify my code. And then material design came out and then it's like, all right, well, now you got to put everything back in. And then it seemed like almost every single thing now is inside of a support library. So I was like, maybe I'll just target, you know, marshmallow or yeah. lollipop and up, right? Can you get away with that? Like, what's it like, really te- Technically you, you can, I guess, but what, where you run into problems is that you know, if you're a library author, you want to make your library probably available to, to most, uh, you know, API levels that make sense or that you can. And so library authors like Facebook and, you know, anyone else who's making something that does anything kind of UI related is usually inclu- using the Android support libraries in some way. And you touched on material design, and that's another big part of support libraries, and they help provide controls that allow your app to look and feel, you know, properly like a material design app. And so these other libraries end up using them. And then you get into situations where, you know, your activity ultimately needs to derive from the same, this app compat activity or this, this fragment activity going way back farther. Uh, and so y- you can try to, but it probably means if you want to create an app without them, you're not going to use any third-party libraries, generally mm-hmm. speaking. So if it's something very, very simple, like maybe you're creating a, a step counter pedometer and you're like, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to rely on any other packages. I'll just roll everything myself. So, which is fine, which, yeah, which I've done before. Can, but like, there's just, it kind of boils down to like, what's the point? There's not really a, a good reason not to use them, I guess, is, is kind of where you end up arriving at. So Got um, it. pretty much, and, and you know, the, the new app templates that, uh, when you fire up a new app in, in our ID or in, in Android support or Android studio, um, you'll, you'll get these packages as part of it anyway. So it's kind of like just this assumed thing that your app must include these support libraries. Got it. So, so essentially, like as soon as Google made that switch and said, like, listen, all of our default templates, this is this is how you do it. Yeah, do it, you know, and and go from there. Um, because honestly, I'm just looking at the Android dashboard and still 20 percent of people are running KitKat or later. So which is sad. Yeah, exactly. Good old KitKat. Wait, what, what year was KitKat? That was 2000. Probably three years ago now, isn't it? 13, 14. Long time ago. <laughs> So, so sad. I target, you know, I only target KitKat and up API 19 and up because sorry, Jellybean. It's, it's like, it's time. I can't do it. I can't do <laughs> sorry, it. Guys. Update. Yeah. It's hard because how do I even test on it? Right. I only have a lollipop device, a marshmallow device and a nougat device sitting around. So yeah. Yeah. Then you hard. get into weird stuff like flashing different ROMs on older devices to try and get those versions. And it's, it's not, it's not fun. It's a bit of a mess. Yeah. It, it's tricky. And, and it seemed like the support libraries have gone through an evolution because it seemed like they were simplified. Like, oh, I get it. Like, I'm going to add this app compat version to it. Now there's like a hundred 
different. I, I even me who I call myself an Android developer and, and I am an Android developer. It's hard for me to keep up with all the support libraries. Like if I just go into NuGet and I say Android support, that's what I'm going to type in currently. I see a bunch of non Xamarin packages, but as soon as I get to the Xamarin packages, I have V4 app seven or app compat design oh, yeah. there's, media there's now. and, and actually recently, I think in, in version like 25 something, they mm-hmm. split up V4 into set five separate packages. So like mm-hmm. support compat, support core UI, core utils, fragment, media compat. And so now, you know, V4 is kind of this meta package where it doesn't actually contain anything and it just references these other five packages. So, you know, Google's ultimately trying to um, break things up into as many pieces as possible to try and keep you from having to put things in your app that you don't want to. So you might not need the media compat stuff. Um, whereas it, if you used V4, which pretty much every app previously used, um, you'd end up getting some extra stuff that you might not be using. And so this kind of helps right. you be able to to remove some things possibly uh, going forward and, and not have so much stuff packaged into your app that you're not using. That makes sense. Like if you're not using the card view anywhere, why have the card view or if yeah. you don't need animated vectors? Like so they're essentially small enough now where you can pick and choose and, and essentially, as a library creator, you shouldn't just add V4 just right. because. You should right. pick and choose what you want. And it does get kind of tricky because um, you know, as in the Xamarin world, um, right now, you know, if a library depends on an older version of, of Android support libraries where uh, we didn't have that split uh, yet, they still mm-hmm. will depend on V4, like an older version of V4. And so what ends up happening is basically your app will... Even if you want to use a newer version of support libraries, it'll still you still need to pull in that V4 to satisfy that dependency of the older library. So you know, tell your tell those library authors to update their stuff ideally. But until that happens, you'll still end up pulling in probably more packages than you you necessarily need. Um, and then there's there's other dependency chains too, like AppCompat V7 depends on you know a bunch of other uh, libraries in support, and and so you'll end up you'll end up with quite a few in your app, and, that, and that's okay. That's that's just kind of how it is. Yeah, just just in, install the whole bunch of them and you'll be okay. And then I think my problem has always been, I understand the need and the desire for them. And then as a library creator, I try to go somewhat backwards compatible. I was always, I was always firm on building everything against 23.3.0. And, and that's a very specific version number that I'm sure a lot of Xamarin developers have come to know and despise, which is the yeah. hard-coded number that Xamarin Forms took a dependency on. And until recently that's the only thing that you could install. So if you were a library creator and you said you need a 24.x, well, that can't be installed in the Xamarin Forms application. Or if you went into Xamarin Studio and tried to update that NuGet or Visual Studio and update the NuGet, it's like, no, because it's it's set to it. And I understand that. I, I get it because Xamarin Forms is depended on by, you know, hundreds of thousands of developers. Yes, yeah. And this is what works and don't go outside of this boundaries. But can you talk about the versions versus APIs and yeah. how it relates to Xamarin I, Forms? This this whole kind of um, ecosystem is is really complicated, and it gets more complicated the more you know third party dependencies you have that depend on these support libraries, like Xamarin Forms, for instance. So specifically with Xamarin Forms, um, you know we had this requirement I think in the last version um, of Visual Studio that that you know you new users were starting with an API level. 24 application or something like that. And so if we wanted to allow them to use the, the latest version of Android support libraries at the time, I think it was 25 dot something, um, you can actually do that without having your app compile against API level 25. 
And, and so we kind of left Xamarin forms that if your app was targeting API level 24, um, you would still be locked to that version that you just talked about that 23.3 or whatever that everyone has been using forever with Xamarin forms. Right. Um, but the, the cool thing that we did <clears throat> or that Xamarin forms team did is that they, they said, well, with NuGet, we can kind of do this cool thing where if your app, if your Android app is actually targeting API level, uh, 25 or higher than that, we're going to remove those restrictions or those bounds on you. And now you can go ahead and install newer versions of Android support libraries and Google play services. And so this is, that's kind of the, we use this kind of trick to, to kind of keep, you know, new users or, or legacy users who are using those older versions of things, um, from having this kind of chaos thrown at them, uh, but still allowing people if they wanted to use these different versions of support libraries with forms, um, being able to do that going forward. Should they? Um, and, and yeah, so the, the, that's the next kind of thing I'm leading into. Um, you know, historically we've kind of viewed, and Google hasn't really done a great job at making this very clear, and they still don't do a great job at making this very clear. Um, we, we viewed the support library versions as independent of API levels. And more recently, we're learning that that's not really what you should be doing. You, the golden rule now and I think every Xamarin developer really, really, really needs to pay attention to this in their own app, is that whatever target framework you compile against, so you know, there's kind of three different places you can set API levels in your Xamarin Android apps, right? There's the target framework version. I, th I don't know if that's the exact name on Visual Studio as it's referred to, but essentially what API level your, your code is compiling against uh, from a, a .NET perspective. Um, so that version, needs to be in sync with the major version number of the Android support library packages that you install. So that means technically, if I'm using you know Android support library 23 dot whatever with Xamarin Forms, I probably should have my app targeting the framework uh, API 23 uh, just to keep those in sync. And it's like I said, it's, it's not been very clear from Google that this is what you should do. There are a few resources. Um, one's a, a post on Medium by an Android software engineer on, the, on their team that spells this out and kind of spells out how the different three versions should align with each other. And um, so I'll, we can link to that in the show notes. I think that's a, a great read for everyone. But essentially, you, you always want to make sure that those two, that your Android API level number and your major version number of the Android support level support libraries match. I know that's like a, a, a kind of a tonful to, to get out and, and to even understand. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny because you wrote a blog post on this a long time ago and we integrated into our docs, which I'm, I'm and then I also just recorded a Xamarin show snack pack on the specific topic because it's very confusing. Yeah, and I think in each ID either named a little bit different, but the essential part is that you can compile against something. Right. And it, there's other ver there's other settings. And I hate that we have this option, which is use compile a version. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, which I never use. You should never let it magically pick a version number for you. Let it always do it manually because sometimes that doesn't even get added to the manifest. And the like the minimum version is very easy to understand, right? You're yeah. like, oh, okay, well, Google Play itself will not let anyone install this on their device if it's past this version. Right. And then Target is this mysterious so, version. Yeah, tar target is interesting. And, and here, there's another golden rule that you can follow with these three versions. 
your minimum SDK level should always be less than or equal to your target SDK level, which should always be less than or equal to your compile SDK level. Mm. Yeah, and, and so the, the, this idea of a target SDK level was really intended for people to keep old style behavior in their apps while still um, compiling against a newer API level. So like if you if you think about going to um, I'm thinking going to 4.0 of Android. So uh, what API level is that? This is so confusing when you start talking like ice version numbers sandwich. and API levels. Yeah. So ice cream yeah. sandwich. So when you went from, say, gingerbread to ice cream sandwich. You might want to compile against Ice Cream Sandwich. And in fact, Google recommends that you always compile against the latest SDK version that is available, that's stable. Mm-hmm. So you would do that. But then you'd say, well, if I if I do that and I set my target SDK level to that same Ice Cream Sandwich version, all of a sudden my app looks totally messed up because they changed a bunch of the, the, the theming and styles and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I want access to the new feature. Um, that's an ice cream sandwich, but I don't, I don't want to have to like do all this work in my app yet just to get that out the door. So they, they introduced this concept of target SDK level, which basically means your, your app is going to look and feel and and respond in some ways. Like it's still running on that older SDK version, Mm. but you're still compiling against a newer version. And I think for a long time, people had those kind of backwards and they would say, well, I can compile against, you know, API level, uh, or API for Android 2.3, but I can set my target to 4.0 to get the new visual styles. And that's really not correct. Like that should never have been done in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it, it's kind of this, in our world, in the Xamarin world, there was this desire to compile against an older SDK level so that you didn't have to try and figure out at runtime which APIs you could and could not use depending on what device you were running on. Mm. So if I compile, if I set my minimum version to 2.3 and I set my compile version to 2.3, the compiler would do all the work for me of telling me which APIs were available to me, right, at runtime. So yeah, I wouldn't have sense. to do that work. Yeah. So that's that's really not, you know, the right way to do it. And I, I think, I don't know if it's in Visual Studio yet. I know in Xamarin Studio, we, we now will do some, like, if you have the source analysis turned on in, in Xamarin Studio, We'll do the like we'll we'll point out cases where API levels you're using in code were introduced in old API level or newer API level versions, so that it's something that you can kind of see like okay, you know I'm using this API. I should probably guard against this at runtime and make sure it's available to me to to the device I'm running on. That makes sense. Yeah, and and so for everyone that's kind of worried or looking at this when it comes to yeah why I can only install API 25 support libraries is in Xamarin Forms is because you actually NuGet Package Manager checks what compile version you're using. So if you set that to API level 25, which is going to be 7.1, I guess, yeah, um, then it will then let you install that version of the support libraries. It, it won't automatically do it for you because it's greater than or equal than or right. equal to. So it, it'll keep your your 23 packages, but I found it best to just like uninstall everything and then reinstall everything because 23 to 25 was like a huge fundamental shift. And actually, if I look at semantic versioning and you can validate this, like when it goes from 23 to 24 to 25, or like those all technically could could possibly be breaking changes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a very tricky thing that it, it, it until you're doing Android development for the last like seven years, like we have, you know, <laughs> you're, you're still sometimes struggling to figure out what you need to do and what you need to set it to. Um, 
Yeah, I think, but, I mean, the, the best advice that, that I could give is that you always should compile against the latest stable version of the Android SDK in your app. Don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to push that that up to the latest version. Mm-hmm. And then always make sure that you install support libraries that match that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And you know what? I always like to say, too, hey, if if uh, if it if it's not broken and you need to ship stuff, don't touch stuff. Stop. Stop touching yeah, stuff. Yeah, just because it says you can update doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, go and update everything that's there. Yeah. And that's that's kind of like something I think you learn as a developer along the way in the .NET ecosystem is like just because I can, you know, doesn't mean I should press that button. Yeah, I think when I was doing the Evolve Conference app last year, as people I, I did the open source. And by the time we open source it, there was a bunch of new versions of stuff. And they're like, yeah. oh, how come, you know, I can't update this or update that? I was like. Um, because this is what I tested it against, you know, and this is how I know it works. Yeah. Um, been, now before been a we, bit too much by that. Yeah. Now, before we switch over to GPS or Google Play services, as I like to call it, <laughs> um, and GPS, which I think they they don't like when they, I call it GPS. And and I think it's Google Play with a lowercase service. I'm pretty sure, too. It's very confusing. I think but, services is lowercase. The S is lowercase. Yeah. GPS. Um, is there anything new in support libraries that you want to like highlight or has it been kind of besides the big refactoring that they did, is there anything new that you're like want to point out to the, to, to the listeners? Yeah. I mean, from, from Google side, you know, that they've been kind of just steadily beating that drum of refactoring and splitting stuff out. Um, you know, they've got, uh, I don't know how new some of this is anymore, but they've got more libraries for doing, you know, preferences and a support fashion where on older API levels, your, your preference controls are going to look good. Um, <clears throat> they've got an EXIF, you know, EXIF um, for dealing with images. Uh, they've got a library now to, to kind of manipulate some of the data in those images. And then more interestingly, I haven't had a tra- t- chance to play with this yet, but they've got a dynamic animation library as well. Mm. Um, so that one's kind of a, an interesting one to take a look at. I, I haven't had time to play with it yet. I like um, that. And, and, and some of those libraries, there's no version number associated with it. Like there's like V7 app compat. Like, did they drop that idea? Like, can I just use yeah. card view? How do I, I find out? I, I mean, originally, I think that number was supposed to be like how far back of an API level those support libraries would work on. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, the V7 app compat should work all the way back to the V7 or to API level seven. Um, mm-hmm. So they still... I don't think they've done that to any libraries too recently. I, well, I guess some of the preference stuff they have, because they've got like a, a V14 preference, a V7 preference, and um, a V17 preference lean back. So for the, the Android TV, TV world. So I think it's still kind of there. Um, but some of them, yeah, some of them definitely don't have that anymore. Like the support V4, they broke it out into different libraries that don't have that V4 as- associated with them anymore. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm looking at the libraries here and if i go into such as uh support media instant video or whatever i guess i could actually look at like the classes or something else that's inside of it and then you can toggle and see the api usage inside of it i guess would be their idea so here's like widget and then oh yeah Yeah. add it in this version and then they document it a little bit further so you got to do a little bit of research it seems like some of the older ones are still technically in you have card view is technically in v7 and media router is in v7 but they're broken out. That's interesting. It's yeah. crazy. And, and so the other thing, and maybe this is a good transition because this applies to both support libraries and to play services. And this isn't something that Google's been working on, but it's something that we've been internally working on. Um, so a while back, Google switched over their their library distribution to, like they're using Maven repositories, which is kind of like NuGet, um, mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with them. Um, 
and that's great, but the way that they're shipping them is for Android support libraries, they ship one big zip file of the Maven repository through their SDK manager. Mm. And so, you know, they're shipping this big zip file that has like, you know, every version that they've ever released now. And so this, you can imagine this file has been growing and growing and growing and growing. And I think it's, I think it's over 300 megs now for the zip file. And so we, we've traditionally um, downloaded these bits at compile time on developer machines because um, there's some licensing issues with us redistributing them and we don't want to do that. So that got to a point where we were downloading these 300 megabyte files on your machine, you know, one time if, if we would cache them after that, but for a, a new user, a new developer, they'd go hit build on their new project. And since every project has support libraries in them, they, their machine would immediately go download this 300 megabyte zip file mm. and they probably wouldn't get a great indicator as to what it was exactly doing at build time. So this, their, their first build looked like it took forever and it's just not, you know, a friendly way to do it. So, um, same thing with Google play services, they ship their own uh, zipped up file with the Maven repository in it on this decay manager as well. So we've actually developed this and you'll see this in your NuGet packages. When you pull in support libraries, now this xamarin.build.download package. And this is essentially a, a custom build step that um, helps get these files in place for you. So first of all, it now checks your, your Android SDK manager location to see if you've already downloaded this, this item yourself. So that's, that's an option is to go download. I think it's called the Android support repository and the Google repository under the mm. extras section. So you can go download those manually. And if you have them already, we'll just go use the files from there. Oh, nice. Okay. And um, if you don't have them, we had this wild idea a while back. Well, I think actually um, my my manager, Bill Holmes, had this idea. And I kind of had thought about it, too. And he said, like, well, why don't we just download the, the bits of the zip file that we actually need? Because we don't need all the different versions of, uh, you know, Android support that there ever were. We're only interested in a given version for a given uh, oh, new sure. package. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I, I kind of wrote it. I, I, I thought about it, too. I kind of wrote it off. I'm like, well, it's a zip file, you know you probably have to download the thing and, and decompress it. I wasn't super familiar with the zip file format. So I started looking into it and, you know, eventually we came up with this prototype where we could just download, we, we could ahead of time, you know, download on our, our build machine, our build server, the file and, and analyze the different um, ranges in that of like byte uh, ranges of that file that we needed to get those bits out. And then we can just do a, an HTTP range request and download only the ranges of that zip file that we need. So mm-hmm. this Xamarin build download, like I said, if you don't already have these bits installed in your SDK manager, we'll go download them for you at build time. We'll still cache them locally after the first time. So you don't have to do it again, but we've taken this download of like 300 megs down to, you know, I think worst case scenario is like eight megs or something now. Oh, it's magical. That's great. Yeah, especially so people with not great internet, right? They've already, yeah installed the gigs of Xamarin and the Java SDKs and everything they need. And then the last thing you want to do is uh, wait for 300 megs to not only just download, but then also decompress. Yeah. And, and we, we ran into this a lot at like uh, Xamarin events too, where new people would come in and, and, you know, they'd have the bits installed, but then they'd go and, and try and do their first hello world app as part of the, you know, Xamarin dev days or whatever. And if the con- if the connection at that location wasn't great, and all of a sudden all these machines start hitting up this 300 meg download, it just slowed to a crawl. So, mm, yeah. um, you know, it's it's way better now, and and that's what that package is. If you see it there, uh, it okay. does some other magical little things, um, and and we've continued to kind of stuff a few things in there, like we're fixing up um, some Android manifest files and the the AAR files for the Google Play services stuff that need it. 
um, it, it's kind of a, a utility for us to, to kind of improve things. So, um, if you, if you're looking to see what, what that is there, that's what it's about. I love it. And that applies to Google play services, which is that great transition point into, I think a lot of developers may be getting started with Xamarin and want to do X, Y, and Z. And just like Google has put in all of the backwards compatibility features into support libraries, that's mostly for me has always been design or key fundamental parts of Android, like the core APIs. Yeah. Oh, I always understood Google Play services. Well, you need it for maps. So you, you need it for maps. And that's <laughs> yeah. about it. But is that Google Play services is like all of this new fun stuff or or essentially enhancements to existing APIs that are older. And they're like, well, instead of, instead of putting that API, you know, into a new version of Android where no one else can use We'll put it into this external package and often those services are installed on every single device that's attached to the Google Play store. So it, it's a and those get updated in the background. So it's a multi thing. One thing that's installed on users devices automatically and automatically gets updated. So it's like they always have these rich APIs, usually around like connectivity or geolocation, but a whole bunch of other things. But also sometimes just really, really new, elegant APIs that are um, for specific purposes, like oh, a new technology comes out, like beacons. So we'll put it in Google Play services or something like yeah, that. Am yeah. I describing it correctly? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty good overview. Um, I, I actually did at our last Evolve, I did a talk on Google Play services. And so I, I, hopefully we can find that, a link to the video on that and put that in the notes too. Um, but essentially, you know, Play services, the what we get as a developer, the SDK for it is just kind of like a, a connection uh, like a client into the bits that they ship on device through play, the play store, like you were describing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Google will push out a new version of the actual implementation to all the, the different devices that hit the play store ahead of time of releasing a new SDK for developers to use. So mm -hmm. generally like as a developer, when you, you grab the new bits, you can be pretty confident that, you know, every device is going to have it or, um, worst case, if you if you kind of implement it properly, it, the thing's going to prompt the the user to say, "Hey, your your play services is out of date. We're going to go update it now for you." Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a collection of um, you know a whole bunch of different APIs, um, and they all mostly follow the same pattern of of how you kind of work with them. There's like a Google API client, and that's your connection to sort of the the bits that live on the device from the Play Store. Uh, maps is the exception here because they've got this kind of legacy API with maps and it was just done a little bit differently, but uh, maps is certainly part of that collection. Um, and last IO, they, if you remember, they, they released a whole bunch of Firebase stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, they've been slowly kind of transitioning some of their, their Google play branded APIs over to Firebase. Um, so like app indexing used to be Google play services, app indexing. Now it's Firebase app indexing. And um, I think they're going to continue to do some of that. I mean, where where the the APIs are more focused around, like the cloud based services that they offer. Mm. So Firebase has everything from ads and analytics to authentication, um, a remote config, so like you can update values in the the console, the web console, and they'll automatically trickle down to devices. Oh, cool! Um, they've got like a, a live database kind of thing going on. It seems like those are the ones that are the Firebase ones are the ones that are more cross platform. And when I mean cross platform is that there's not a single API for iOS and Android, but there are APIs for iOS and Android usually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you'll you'll see 
you know, another another member on our team speaking of how we kind of segment things between people right now. Um, Israel Soto does most of the work on the the Google uh, APIs for, or sorry, the iOS APIs for Google and Firebase. Um, so we have packages for those two, and that that's exactly right. Firebase has a lot of um, cross platform stuff. So generally, every Firebase API is available on not just Android. Mm, that makes sense. It's interesting too because even with uh, they have a they have a Unity API which is kind of interesting in, inside of there. I wonder if you could just, like, they've already done that work because it's a C-sharp API. Yeah. Like, I guess once Unity switches to .NET Standard and .NET, or I guess our, our mono, right, they would get all the new stuff. So I'm so super curious if, like, if if Google and the Firebase team just creates a C-sharp API and then, like, we could just consume it because it's like a .NET Standard library or something yeah, like that. Yeah, no, it's something that I've been, I've been uh, it's kind of on my list to look into a little bit more detail. I don't know how extensive, like, coverage-wise the, the API mm-hmm. is compared to what they have for each platform natively. But, yeah, that'd be really cool if, if we could kind of uh, have a, a nice abstraction over things there. Yeah, and, but there's still a lot inside of Google Play services itself, or at the core of it, the APIs didn't change. They just changed the namespace. That's yeah. I remember sitting there with you and like the app indexing is a good one where literally it just like referenced the the other package. Yeah, exactly. And that that's kind of what, you know, and that's kind of how we had to update our NuGet packages and stuff too to, to kind of keep compatibility. Um, so yeah, they're kind of moving stuff over. I, I remember last IO, I, I kind of asked like, you know, what's the, the long-term plan here? Is everything kind of being branded Firebase or is it kind of a mix of both? And they didn't seem to have a, a super clear direction on it. I think it's more, the, the segmentation is more cloud services, mm-hmm. um, you know, become Firebase and, and everything else kind of stays uh, just Google Play. Yeah, so if you kind of look in here, I'm looking, there's things like ads and plus, and I'm looking that we have version 42 coming out, but app indexing, right. was stuck at 32 because app indexing is moved over to Firebase then. It is. We're actually, we're, yeah, we're shipping, you know, I, I don't know when this will go out, but to, to, as of today, we're shipping our, our latest, uh, stable update to it, our version. Um, this is something we didn't talk about Android support, but maybe we'll circle back, but our version of play services is, um, historically tied to, their SDK manager uh, version, which was just a sing- single integer. Mm. And so we've been kind of had, we've had our hands kind of tied about how our, our major version works because, you know, we got up to, I think, version like 20 something before Google decided, hey, let's ship this as a, a Maven repository and use proper version numbers and everything. So at that point, we already had, you know, a, a version, major version number on NuGet that was greater than what the actual major version number of the library is. So we, we do a, we still use an integer at the the major version number, and we don't always rev that just because we don't want it to um, necessarily always be a major version change when Google doesn't make a version change, major version oh, change. Okay. Got it. Um, and then our our middle number there in the versioning scheme is just a concatenation of their actual version number. So our library going out today is forty two dot one zero two one dot zero. So that one zero two one refers to Google Play's ten dot two dot one. Oh, okay, got it. Got it. Uh, and then that, that last version is kind of there reserved for us to, you know, if we, if we have binding issues or something that need to be corrected with the same play services version. Cool. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm looking here. Yeah, 42.10.21. Couldn't put another dot in there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, because we want, you know, we, we want to reserve reserve the right to, to add our own dots later, even more Just so. Just in case. Just in case. And, and Android support, we do actually follow their versioning just because it worked out that way. That's how it was historically done. So you'll see 
um, 25.3.1 was released, uh, I don't know, a few days ago now, beginning of the mm-hmm. week, end of last week sometime. Um, so the version is a little bit weird on play services, but I, and it, historically it's even more weird in, in a lot of ways. So I, we're, the pattern we're following now is hopefully easy to follow. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and, and given the constraints. Yeah, you said earlier, I mean, a lot of stuff's in there. We won't, won't go, we don't have time to go into every single thing. We'll have to go back and deep dive on stuff later, but it's been a really good overview. And in keeping those bindings up to date, I remember maybe two IOs ago, I think you did like a during the keynote update of a NuGet package or something like that. So so sometimes, sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's a little bit longer. Um, are you able to talk about that process a yeah, little bit? Yeah, so and I think like... In some ways, the the time to release to a stable version has increased a little bit more more recently, and the reason for that is mostly just around our QA processes. We've um, we've adopted a lot more rigorous of QA testing around our releases now. We have like a, a few different fully automated plans that we go through, uh, and then we have you know a, a full manual test plan that we actually have people. Uh, going and compiling things and running things and going through checklists and stuff like that. So we've put a lot more attention and focus to trying to avoid API regressions. And that's becoming especially more important uh, as we remove sort of the fixed boundaries of, uh, around like Xamarin Forms and other libraries uh, for which version they use. So you can imagine now that Xamarin Forms ships against 23.3. And, you know, ideally, Google hasn't broken APIs that Xamarin Forms themselves use. Um, mm. But it's possible that through all of the, the different changes to our, our binding generator, um, you know, our, our own Xamarin Android product, there's a, a whole other layer or two layers of indirection on top of Google's own changes that it, it's fairly easy, easy, actually, to introduce API regression. So um, it's, you know, it's something that I've been really working at, uh, figuring different ways to kind of do analysis on uh, our bindings between versions and, and automating scripts to, you know, we I just got working, we have something that, that goes out and builds against the Xamarin form source uh, every time we do a, a build of, of Android support, for instance, and make sure that our new version that we build works with their source code and that kind of thing so that we're, we're trying to minimize the the possibility of doing something that's going to hurt a lot of developers that use all these things. Awesome. That makes sense. Yeah. It's like, if it takes a little bit longer, well, it's for the greater good and just, you know, wait, and, wait, wait, and wait. So we... like, having said that, um, because of the nature of what bindings are and how they work exactly, we, I do generally try and ship pre-release NuGet versions of our, our latest bindings. And I, you know, I get asked sometimes like, well, it's, it's pre-release. I don't really want to use that, right? That's not something that we generally do. And I, I understand that sentiment. And maybe you don't want to ship something to production with it necessarily. But at the same time, a binding is a binding is a binding. There's been only like, I can think of maybe two cases in the three years, I guess, now that I've been working for Xamarin and, and Microsoft and working on these bindings where, you know, an actual error was emitted in the binding generator that caused something to break in between those, those versions. Um, mm, it's, yeah. it's more around like if, if your app compiles against it, it's probably going to be fine. So uh, in my own apps, you know, I, I tend to update to the the pre-release versions to try things out. And, and my general guidance there is, you know, it, it's probably, it's probably going to work fine. You're probably not going to run into problems at runtime necessarily. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where you, you could probably go ahead and use that in your app. And if it works for you, it works. The worst thing that's probably going to happen is 
we broke something on the API. And when we release a stable version, you're just going to have to change your source code to to accommodate the the changes to the API, right? That makes sense. Like we massage the API and like we realize, yeah. oh, this is a better API. We'll do this or whatever. Async. Yeah, that or, you know, we, we broke something. And then when you go to update the mm. with the pre-release, your source code breaks until you change the property name to to be fixed. And then you'll have to toggle it back when the stable version hits or something like that. Like it's it's going to be mostly really trivial things that happen. Got it. That makes sense. Cool. All right. So that's a deep dive into support libraries is one of my favorite topics. I, I've given talks on it. You've given talks on it. We've done a lot of blog posts on it. And they're super important to know when you want to like add some amazing functionality to your apps or like, why are there so many dependencies in my application? But before we let you out of here and get ready for build and get ready for Google IO, we like to do a package or tool of the week, a pick of the week, if you will. I'll let you go first. Uh, we always ask our guests on the show. We've only done this two weeks, so you're the first guest on the show. But uh, to pick out something that they love, maybe they're using in their apps, whether it's a extension to Visual Studio or a, a NuGet package. What's your pick there, John? So I, I heard rumors that last time there was something that maybe I, I uh, would have liked uh, being picked. So I'm going to go a different direction this week. And um I have been working a lot on on an app for fun on the side. And one of the things that I think is kind of undervalued and underrated is it's actually kind of two controls or two things. It's um, end controls, which kind of makes, uh, gives you a, a Xamarin Forms control uh, to do custom drawing on very easily, but it's powered or the, the power comes from Frank's, you know, Frank makes great stuff always, of course, his end graphics library. Um, so I've done a lot of like custom drawing, but in a, a cross-platform way with only one set of code. And that's been really super helpful in my app. So that's my pick. Nice. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I have uh, every time I see people use like end graphics and end controls and, and drawing all these like crazy vector things and it, it's super beautiful. I don't know Frank uses it in tons of his apps. So I need to have him, you know, we do a podcast together. So I'll have to have him like actually talk about it one time about why he yeah. created it. Like actually explain my pick of the my pick of the week is um, something that's actually pretty exclusive to Visual Studio uh, 2017. But there was this new feature called Editor Config, and Editor Config is pretty cool. And Xamarin Studio kind of had some way of project level settings uh, to saying like these are my settings that I want, these are the files that are open, and and it's a little bit hard because every time you change something, you'd have to synchronize that. But in Visual Studio 2017, they, they adopted this open source. Mm, our framework, I guess, in a way called editor config An editor config is a file that you add to your solution or to each project. And it essentially is a list of restrictions like, oh, I want to use four, four or two spaces or this many tabs, or I want to use var, or I want to use, you know, you know, the other things in it. I want to use camel casing or Pascal and all of your .NET conventions. Essentially, it's all of your conventions. And that editor config file, if you just open it, is just uh, like a JSON looking file. So Mads uh, Christensen, he wrote a extension for Visual Studio, which is called the Editor Config Language Service, which is, you know, I believe powered by Roslyn. So when you open that Editor Config file, you get rich IntelliSense and like rich imagery oh, inside nice. of it to help you. And it's just a super quick install that takes like a second. And you get a little icon like the Editor Config file actually looks like the Editor Config thing. So I'll link it in the show notes, but it's it's pretty cool. And I'm a big fan of this Editor Config thing that I hope we adopt in VS for Mac, or if we haven't already, we should. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, besides that, um, John, where can the people, uh, of the, of the podcast, uh, find you? 
Uh, well, Twitter at Redth. Hopefully we can link that out too. And um, I do occasionally respond, especially to at name requests. Maybe I shouldn't give that away <laughs> to the, uh, on the, one of the public Xamarin Slack channels. And uh, you know, there's some cake channel or Gitter channels I'm in. Cake is one of them. That's a whole other topic. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and Redth.codes is, is my website. I, I really need to write some newer blog posts. So I'm ashamed to, to say there's not much new content on there lately. But the people, they could also find you. You do another podcast, correct? You're a yes, fellow podcaster. Absolutely. absolutely. So we do, uh, I do a podcast with Greg Shackles called Gone Mobile. It's uh, gonemobile.io. And um, yeah, we've we've got uh, continuous episodes coming on there. And we have another one coming this Monday. So we'll, we'll have to get James on too. James, I'm thinking we're, we're going to do a, a podcast.io on, on all what's new. And, and that'll go on oh, yeah. mobile. So that'd be stay great. Stay tuned for that. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, so go to gonmobile.io. You can find me everywhere on the internet. Just uh, the easiest way, of course, is Twitter, at James Montemagno. You can find me, mots.codes, which is funny. Everyone stole that from me, I'm pretty sure. Um, and, of course, if you love listening to me, you can watch me at The Xamarin Show, xamarinshow.com, which is a weekly show I do on Channel 9. But if you're like, I don't want to look at this, this guy, I just want to hear his voice more every single week in your headphones, you can find me in two different places, uh, besides the Xamarin podcast, you can find me on my other podcast called Merge Conflict, which I do with Frank Krueger, best friend and Xamarin MVP at mergeconflict.fm and a brand new show that I do with chess international master Daniel Wrench. It's all about coffee, code and chess. It's called Blunders, Coffee House Blunders. You can go to blunders.fm. And until next time, I'm James Montemagno and this has been the Xamarin Show. Xamarin.